It's infectious. And part of the reason it's so infectious is when you have that moment where you sort of step into the doing good, the reason it's infectious is it feels good. When you're out there and helping somebody, I mean, I don't know, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but you know, the few moments that you have an opportunity in the real world to help somebody across the street or carry their groceries or you know, a car breakdown, whatever it is, when you actually do that and you're walking away from that experience, the feeling that you have is generally... I think more powerful than the person who helps. Like, I think it feels better for you than the person receiving the help. Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now here's your host, Matt Lyles. Whoa, wait, is it time for another Simple Brand episode already? Mm, Not necessarily, but this month we're doubling down on our episodes and we're bringing you something a little different, a little special, and a little inspiring. On the Simple Brand Podcast, we normally shine the spotlight on a lot of authors, business leaders, and thought leaders who have lessons to help you learn how to provide simple experiences to your customers and to your people. But throughout the month of November, we're also shining the spotlight on a number of nonprofit organizations who are doing some really significant work in the world. These organizations focus on a variety of different needs. So my goal and my hope is that you learn about some needs in the world that you probably weren't aware of before, and that you learn how you can help make a difference with these organizations, and that you learn how you can help make a difference with these organizations. My first guest in the November nonprofit series is Michael Solomon. Michael was previously featured on the Simple Brand Podcast, episode 46. He's the co-founder of 10X Management. And he's the co-author of Game Changer, How to Be 10X in the Talent Economy. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the organization Michael founded over 20 years ago, Musicians on Call. Musicians on Call brings live and recorded and virtual music performances to the bedsides of patients in healthcare facilities all across the U.S. So think for a minute about what music does in your life and in your family members' lives. Music can change and shape your day. It can help shape your mood and your energy and your outlook. It adds to your memories. So because of these reasons, Musicians on Call knows they have no choice but to bring music to the people that need it the most. So here it is. Here's my interview with Michael Solomon to talk about Musicians on Call. Hi, Michael. Good to see you again. It's so great to be back. I didn't know it would be this soon. It's very exciting. I didn't either, but as you're aware, and others will find out as they listen, we're doing some episodes that are a little bit different from the norm. You know, for the month of November, I want to showcase and shout out and share with people about some really significant nonprofit organizations 
and the impact that they're making in the world. And especially if I have any simple brand guests that are associated with these nonprofits. It's awesome that you're doing this. I wish more people would take a minute, a month, a week, or a year and focus on uh, making the world a little better. So I appreciate it so much. Well, I think there are a lot of people that, and especially given their busy complicated times that I'm hoping to help simplify, a lot of times they'll think to themselves, man, I really should do something, but I don't know what to do. And they think, well, there's this soup kitchen over here, or there's this place over here that doesn't really fit my style. And so my hope is that I can share a variety of different impactful, significant groups that may speak to somebody else's skills and talents and desires. And so that's why I'm super excited to talk about this one. I actually did not even know this existed until you and I talked a couple of months ago, Musicians on Call. So can you explain Musicians on Call to me and what's the origin story and what's the mission? Happy, happy to do that. And just going back to the point you were making is when people decide they want to do something, figuring out the right thing to do is wonderful. But you touched on it when you said they just want to do something and doing something is how you make this happen. Because as you're about to hear, this organization didn't exist. And then we saw an opportunity and a need and it existed. And that's how things happen. And that's how people make things happen. So what Musicians on Call does is it brings live and recorded music to the bedsides of patients in healthcare facilities. So we go room to room in hospitals and play at their bedside. Of course, since COVID, we've had to do that virtually because of infection risk. But what we really were able to do was make lemonades out of the lemons we were given. And while we couldn't go in person, we actually grew the programs in the last year and a half tremendously. And it was a really amazing opportunity. And I'd love to take credit as a co-founder of the organization for this, but it was really our team on the ground and the staff um, and leadership that made it happen, but we actually were able to grow. So that's what we do. And what that looks like is room to room at the bedsides. And then we have a second program called Project Playback, where professional musicians and songwriters and producers go into healthcare facilities, write songs with patients, and then record them with the patients. They get the finished recording as a sort of souvenir of the experience. Whoa. Yeah. And then we also have music pharmacies, which are playlists that are given to people in healthcare facilities that are curated around healing and different energetic topics. So we're really, this is all about bringing music to patients in healthcare facilities. And we are the largest provider in the US and we believe we're the largest provider in the world, but we're not making that claim quite as boldly because we just aren't a hundred percent sure, but we're pretty sure. Needs to be verified. And then you need your attorney to actually verify. Yeah, exactly. And to answer the question of how this all came to be, I think when we last spoke, I talked a little bit about sort of triumph and tragedy. And early in my life, I had a girlfriend for four years whose name was Kristen Carr, and she died of a rare cancer, which the type is called sarcoma. And we set up an organization in her name. And as part of the programming for that organization, her mother, who's Bruce Springsteen's co-manager, brought Wynton Marsalis to play in a recreation room at Memorial Sloan Kettering. What was amazing was seeing, you know, the hundred people who got wheeled in and got themselves to this room and saw this amazing performance. And it was pretty transformative. And I was a young music manager at the time. I had a good friend, uh, Vivek Torrey, who had just lost his second parent, and that was to cancer. And he said, when you're ready and we're going to do something, let's do something together. And so we brought some musicians to that same rec room and it was cool. Obviously, we didn't have the same crowd that Winton did, but we had seven, 10 people showing up. It was meaningful. It was impactful. And then one night, a nurse came after we were done, and the musician was packing up a guitar and said, 
I know you guys are on your way out, but is there a possibility of going to visit a couple patients in their rooms? They were too sick to get down here. One of them was also in isolation, so they couldn't leave their room. And we said, sure. So we went and literally that night after that experience in those rooms where we were at the bedside, we went home and wrote the first iteration of a business plan for what is now a national organization that's just crushing it and growing. And it was named the number six best nonprofit to work in by the Nonprofit Times for the second year running. That's out of a million plus nonprofits in the country. So it's amazing. And it all started with a flash of inspiration and a little bit of motivation. That is absolutely inspiring to me. And you talk about Winston Marsalis playing to a hundred or so patients. And then the first time that y'all came out there after that, you played to maybe seven or so patients. But I've got to say, my thought is even if you play to one patient and if you can impact one person's life, and if that's just one of the many factors that helps give their body strength to make it through and make it out of the hospital and to become healed. To me, I think that's worth it. It's, I mean, it's so transformative. And one of the things that's very hard about this organization, and I'm going to do my best to explain it right here, right now, I could be showing a video of musicians playing at the bedsides of patients. And I could certainly describe, and I could say to the listeners, have you ever been in a hospital? You know what that experience is like, either as a patient or as a caregiver. We all have that experience in our head. And we also all can picture and understand what it means to have a musician stand at the bedside of a hospital bed and play a song. I mean, it's the easiest thing to picture. Every, all of us can do that. And the problem is that that doesn't actually convey the magic that happened. If someone told me a story about what happened that first night when we went home and wrote the business plan, I would say, oh, that's, that's lovely. But it was being in the room and feeling energy changes, like kinetic changes in what the family was going through and what the patient was going through. And one of the things that happened that first that first night was there was a patient who had just been told that they were it was an adolescent who was going to be losing a leg because of a tumor and they had to have their leg amputated. Minutes before we walked in, that was the news. Mm. And we walked into that room and it was the heaviest most, most thick feeling walking in there. And and I should say that this was a family from Greece. They didn't speak a word of English, not a single person in the room. And the musician played All You Need Is Love. And the Beatles translate, you know, they're in international language and everything changed. Like in the room, everything changed. In, In that two minutes and 45 seconds or whatever the length of that song is, I feel like I felt and saw people have a reminder that life was going to go on, that there was hope, that this was not the end of everything. And that happened in three minutes at a patient's bedside with a musician. So that's that's why we went home with all that inspiration. Mike, I'm so glad that we're not on video right now because I'm in tears. I'm in tears hearing that story and just picturing that room and picturing that Greek family, you know, not being able to speak English, but having been placed at one of the lowest points in their life. And I understand the impact that music can make and the impact that music can help bring people out of those low points. It's really powerful. And, you know, we're talking today about musicians on call, but part of what's happened, and this is said not to be braggy or egotistical, but hopefully to just give everybody else the agency to be able to go make things happen. 20 years after starting Musicians on Call, I just 
got involved with a bunch of people and we're starting another music nonprofit called the We Are All Music Foundation. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the power of music, what music has the power to do is so incredible and so broad. So this other organization is bringing money to best-in-class music nonprofits that focus on health and wellness. So that would be organizations like Musicians on Call, music education, which is organizations like Guitars Over Guns and Little Kids Rock um, and Jazz House Kids, as well as organizations that deal with poverty, cessation, and, and improving lives in challenged communities. So again, my only point in bringing it up is we all have the same 24 hours in a day. As long as we're going to live through that whole day, we all have the exact same number of hours. And it's really important that people understand no matter what challenges they have, that they have the agency to make changes in the world and to do things. And I, you know, I say that I have to acknowledge at this moment, we're not on video, but I check all the privilege boxes in the world. I've been given, you know, I've been born with a lot of benefits of being white and male and in the United States and middle class and all of these things. So I don't want to take away from people who have had a much harder go than I have. But we've all, we all know the stories of people who didn't have all that privilege and who have made change in the world. And I think that the really, if we want to boil it down to the one thing that really, you know, once you get past the desire to do it, then you have to believe that you can do it. I think that we all have moments where we get inspired to want to do something. And then so many people fall off from doing it because they don't believe they can make a difference. And I'd just like to say you can make a difference in small and large ways just by believing in yourself and making the effort. And I think that even if someone looks and says, well, this may make a difference, but it's such a small impact, what they don't see are the downstream effects of that. So if you make one minor impact to one person, then that one person may go and make the same minor impact to somebody else and somebody else. And I like to equate it to Heather Locklear's Fabergé organic shampoo commercial, you know, yes, and, yes. and they tell two friends yep. and they tell two friends and so on. It is. And it's infectious. And part of the reason it's so infectious is when you have that moment where you sort of step into the doing good. The reason it's infectious is it feels good when you're out there and helping somebody. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't speak for everybody else, but, you know, the few moments that you have an opportunity in the real world to help somebody across the street or carry their groceries or, you know, a car breakdown, whatever it is. When you actually do that and you're walking away from that experience, the feeling that you have is generally, I think, more powerful than the person you helps. Like, I think it feels better for you than the person receiving the help. And I try and live my life. And, you know, we've talked a lot about my professional life. My professional life is no different. I mean, my career is helping other people achieve their career goals. And I figured out, you know, a fairly long time ago that I could have the most joy in my life and have the best experience by helping other people. And I do that, and I say that with no irony about the fact that I help other people in a selfish way. Like, I I feel great when I do things for other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it hit me earlier this weekend. I think one of the key ways to have true significance in business is to always provide more value than what people are paying you for. So the more people you can help, the more value you can provide, the more impact you're going to make. Absolutely. And the more word, you know, when people feel, it's a very interesting thing. When people feel you being transactional with them, it's just a different kind of relationship when they feel that you actually care about what you're doing for them. And, you know, we can, we can keep this conversation in the nonprofit world, but I can tell you professionally 
the some of the best things have come out of being selfless in a transaction. And what I mean by that is it got paid forward. I did the right thing for people in those moments. And then they did the right thing tenfold later on because they trusted me and they understood that I wasn't just out for myself. That's it. Like that's what helps gain trust from people. That's what helps create long-term relationships and then even referrals as well. So the whole point, the prime directive here, I guess, is to not act that way with the goal of getting more business and more revenue, more income. The goal is to act that way to serve others. And the impact, the income, the revenue will come as a secondary nature. Or, you know, going back to our prior conversation, the retention of the employee or the ability to secure the employee to begin with. People, you know, relationships and transactions need to be bi-directional. They need to feel like they're getting something out of it, not like you're just trying to take something. That's it. And so that brings me to a thought that I have around the actual musicians that work with musicians on call. So I'm assuming that all the musicians volunteer for this. And is it mainly local musicians or are there any musicians that say the general public might recognize their name and recognize that they're volunteering their time for this? The core of the program, the everyday day in, day out, where, you know, we're playing for tons and tons of people. I mean, it's got to be a couple thousand people a week that we're playing for at this point. It is local musicians. Most of them are professional, but they're not household names. We definitely have a lot of household names who also join us and they do an incredible service because, you know, for some of the patients, that is the thrill of their lives. And certainly for people we see in settings where they're terminal, that can be a very, very meaningful moment. But the core of the program are local hardworking musicians who love giving their time. And since you brought it up, one of the big surprises in this this sort of goes back to the conversation we were just having, is when we began this program and conceived this program, we thought we were creating a program to benefit patients in healthcare facilities. Turns out we were right about that. But what we had no idea about, because we were in our 20s and we just weren't that sophisticated yet, was that the musicians are probably the biggest winner in the equation. I don't want to take anything away from the patients who have an incredible experience. But again, going right back to that feeling of giving, we have had so many musicians talk about the best thing they've done with their music is musicians on call because it's intimate. It's one-on-one. It's a very different feeling when you have that kind of, of rapport and interaction with your audience, which might be an audience of one or two people. And I mean, with hindsight, it feels very naive on my part to not have seen that as a natural byproduct, but I had no idea back then. I just, I didn't realize these things. I mean, the things that musicians have said over the years, including, you know, to just sort of circle back, someone like Amos Lee, who has done the program a gazillion times, credits his Grammy-nominated album from four, five, six years ago with his inspired by musicians on call. Rachel Platten, who wrote, really, you know, had a giant hit with Fight Song. Oh. Also, you know, she's she's volunteered for fourteen or fifteen years for us. It's probably even longer than that by now. She has referenced the fact that her work with MOC has inspired at least elements of that song. And certainly when you listen to it through that lens, it makes perfect sense. Wait, wait, hang hang on. So so you're saying that that Rachel Platten said that at least in a sense, Fight Song was inspired by her work with and inspired by musicians on call? Yes. When we talk about like who are our musicians, that's fantastic. Go back five years, I could tell you, well, Rachel Platten's been working with us for the last 10 years. You would all say, who's Rachel Platten? Now she's a household name. 
So it's amazing. And there's a perfect example of the wonderful ways that good things that you put out in the world come right back to you. So yeah, I'm very proud of that. And 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 I'll also share that having seen her perform that in the hospital for patients is really moving that there was a moment, it was Thanksgiving, probably three or four years ago, where she did a segment for the Today Show. And I happened to be there when it was being shot. It was a patient who had been in isolation for six months and was finally getting out of the hospital. And what this facility does when, and this is a pediatric patient, when somebody gets out of the hospital like that is they line the halls with all the staff and the family and the other patients who are allowed to be out of the rooms. And they sort of do like a parade of this person leaving their room, getting out of their room and then getting out of the hospital. And Rachel was there serenading her. If anybody wants to look this up on YouTube, I'm sure the Today Show has a segment of it. But it was so powerful, you know, having this person who who literally was in a hospital room for six months, not able to leave and getting that song sung to her as she walked out. Needless to say, a dry eye did not exist anywhere in that hallway that day. A dry eye doesn't exist where I am right now, Michael. <laughs> Michael, that's twice you've made me cry. Uh, I hope that's part of my role today. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my goodness. So uh, it sounds like y'all are just making a tremendous, tremendous impact. And you referenced this earlier. Musicians on Call was just named the number six best nonprofit to work for, beating out a million other nonprofits. Right. And so con- so congrats on that. But I'm curious, you. how did you create that type of culture? Well, I'm going to answer that in two ways. The other thing that I should point out about that is we're tiny. We're 20 some odd people up against, you know, the American Cancer Society or it's crazy that we're in that in that company. To answer the question about the culture, I'd like to give the board a lot of credit for that. And I think the board and when I say the board, I include Vivek and myself in that category. But I really think the credit has to go to the team, especially Pete Griffith, who's the CEO and just phenomenal. And we have incredible retention there. People pretty much don't leave the organization. Like once in, you know, I don't know, five years, someone will leave. And those are people going back to what we're talking about, who, as best I can tell, sleep so well every night because they've spent their days helping other people. And they know that what they're working toward is a really good thing in the world. And that makes them lean in and work harder and work smarter. And we have a very smart leader and smart culture and we're looking ahead. And, you know, we're we're also not perfect. We not hit the diversity goals we should have hit. And we're aware of that and making changes about it, like at every level of the organization. But I think this goes back to our prior conversation about Game Changer. In order to succeed, you have to be willing to look and eager to look at where you're failing. So we could be sitting here talking all about like all the great things that are going on there, winning these awards. I should also mention that in the entire world during the pandemic, Zoom named Musicians on Call the number two best use of Zoom during the pandemic. They, they have awards and they gave out an award for that. Do they call them Zoomies? I think they do. Okay, good. My brand mind just immediately went to this like, oh, if, if they don't call them Zoomies, they should. Uh, they definitely should. And again, that's not like the number two nonprofit use of their, like in the entire world of everybody using Zoom, we got the number two best use of it. We're creating best connections, whatever the exact language was. But 
It's amazing. And I think that, you know, just circling back, this is, this, this has to do with being open and curious about strengths and weaknesses. So I don't think we're going to be winning any diversity awards next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are such things that we do that in two or three years, because we're not hiding from the fact that we have work to do there. We're leaning in on it and we're recognizing where we're strong and where we're weak. And I think that that from a leadership and a management standpoint, that's how you build the right culture. Because just the same way that we talked about in the other episode, the sabotage impulse and the people who run from blame, that it's impossible to improve with them. Because if there's nothing, if you can't find any responsibility that you have in a problem, then you you can't be part of fixing the problem because you, you, didn't, you didn't create it, you weren't part of it. And as soon as you open yourself up to say, anything that's wrong on my watch, I have some responsibility for even if it's not direct responsibility, but I have to be part of whatever my role is and then we can fix it. That's powerful and that's courageous. And that's the culture that we've built. And it's taken a long time and there's been, you know, the culture wasn't always the same as it is now, which isn't to say that it was bad. It was just different. And we've, you know, we've worked hard at it. Well, congratulations. And that's the way that it should be. You should always be taking those self-awareness checks. Where are we today? What are the things we need to improve on? What are the top three things we need to improve on? Let's improve on those things. And then once we've done that, realize that we're growing and getting better. Now, what are the next three things? And then the next three things. So I'm excited about the work that y'all have done to improve and grow yourself as an organization. And I'm excited about your vision for how you're going to continue to improve in the future. So, Michael, question for you. What does Musicians on Call need from various groups, and how can people learn more or get involved? So there's lots of ways to get involved. There's definitely volunteer opportunities, and I certainly need to talk a little bit about the future of Musicians on Call because it gets even more exciting in terms of the volunteer opportunities. You know, the biggest challenge we always have, and I think this is true of most nonprofits, is raising money. So I don't want to downplay when you ask that question. Financial support is top of the list always. But we have a lot of volunteer opportunities ranging from an ever-growing board for people who have you know, a lot of management and seniority and expertise to volunteer guides who, who literally escort the musicians room to room, whether it be virtually or in person. And that's part of our secret sauce. Uh, I could explain more about that, but I'll leave that for now, to actual musicians. And the reason I wanted to bring up a little bit about the future of musicians on call is we're going through a digital transformation where... We're taking many processes. I think the easiest way I could just describe it is we built this organization more like a taxi service, and now we're going to be more like Uber. And what I mean by that is we're building systems to allow much greater automation and much greater scalability of our programs. And while I don't think we'll be launching those until some point in the later part of next year, and it'll be, it'll launch in phases, we are going to all of a sudden have the capacity to serve many more healthcare facilities and many more patients, which means we're going to need many more volunteers. That's fantastic. And then to be able to recognize that need and think through how do you innovate to stay ahead of that need? A lot of nonprofits can learn that lesson from you, I think, because a lot of them are so focused on the immediate terms. So that's exciting to hear. I would just say to pull back for, you know, for people who are in the nonprofit world, I think that one of the real failings of the nonprofit industry is that, you know, every reasonable size 
professional nonprofit has, you know, an audit committee for their board and does audits of their financials. They don't do that on the technology side. And I would argue that it's equally, if not more important to be putting just as much attention into what your technology roadmap is and your technology plan is as it relates to providing services and operating an organization, as is your financial audit. Um, I'm sure there, there are some people who would argue with me about that, but that we'll save that for another day. Of course. Well, from my perspective, I think there's a lot of technology out there that can really help nonprofit organizations simplify their business, scale their business, and make an even greater impact. Well, Michael, last question for you, and I think you knew this was coming up from your last time on here. If you were to create a five-song soundtrack for Musicians on Call, what songs would you include? Fortunately, I had a minute to think about this. I think got a pretty good list. And ironically, or maybe not ironically, a, a few of them were even mentioned in our discussion prior to now. So oh, yeah. let's go with The Beatles' All You Need Is Love, since that was one of the first songs and one of the most inspiring moments of my life, and certainly for Musicians on Call. We Can All Be Hero by David Bowie. Hopefully I didn't butcher the title of that song. I think it's called Hero, actually, by David Bowie. Heroes, yes. It is a... Heroes, yeah. It's a fantastic song, and it sort of describes everybody in our ecosystem. The The patients are heroes for enduring what they have to do. Clearly, the frontline healthcare workers are heroes. Our musicians and our volunteers are heroes, and certainly the staff and board of musicians on call are heroes. So it feels... It feels really awesome. And I sort of feel like I have to mention that part of the reason that song is in my head is for the 20th anniversary, Vivek and I were honored as the co-founders of the organization at an event. And Charles Esten, Chip Esten, who's the star of Nashville and Outer Banks and many other things, was one of the performers that night. And he dedicated that song. And it was it was definitely a very powerful moment in my life getting to hear that. So there's that one. Gotta have Lean on Me by Bill Withers because I, I, you know, as we talk about helping other people, I just don't know how you don't have that yeah. one. Fight Song by Rachel Platten, just because I know, you know, I I, th- I believe that without musicians on call, that song doesn't exist. So it feels like it's go- it's sort of like going in reverse. All you need is love sort of brought musicians on call, yeah. help bring musicians on call to the world and musicians on call help bring fight song to the world, I believe. So that one. And then uh, to round it out, Land of Hope and Dreams by Bruce Springsteen. And I used to work with Bruce and Bruce, I have a long relationship yeah. with those, those folks and interview management in the book and, and all of that. But the reason I, I picked that song is it's all about inclusiveness and that we there is a better place and a better future. And if we all pull together and we all go together, we we can get there. And that feels like a pretty appropriate message for people trying to do good in the world. That's a fantastic list. That's an inspiring list. And now after having heard some of your stories, and then especially after hearing Rachel's story and and how Fight Song, you know, might not be here, might not be with all of us today, if not for musicians on call, that's impactful. Okay, Michael, I'm probably going to leave this call here and I'm probably going to go sit and just have a good crying moment and go get a lot of Kleenex. I hope they're tears of joy and inspiration and not absolutely not that that was the worst podcast interview I've ever had. No, this was one of the most emotional ones and emotionally impactful. Just hearing the stories the significance, the impact that musicians on call are making in the world. I am so inspired and I can't wait for others to be inspired by this. Michael, thank you so much for coming on here today. 
It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And I hope to be back again. And last time I said that I didn't think I would be, but turned out I was. So maybe we'll do it one more time. We will find a way. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Michael Solomon. So go learn more at musiciansoncall.org. You'll find ways that you can donate to help support their mission. And you can find volunteer opportunities too. Look, even if you're not a musician, they still need volunteers to guide and escort their musicians. And as they continue to grow in 2022, they're going to need a lot more volunteers. So no matter where you're located, no matter your skills, there are lots of ways for you to get involved. And if you're enjoying these special November nonprofit Simple Brand podcast episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's going to make it a lot simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Tim Nelson, CEO of Hope for Justice. Hope for Justice is a global organization that works to bring an end to modern slavery by preventing exploitation, rescuing victims, restoring lives, and reforming society. Tim and I discuss some disheartening and shocking information around slavery. You'll find out that there's a lot more to slavery than sex trafficking. And you'll hear the surprising places where it's happening. But you'll also hear the positive difference that Hope for Justice is making in the world to free and restore slavery victims and to advocate for more awareness of how and where we can all play a part in ending slavery. So go ahead and subscribe. You'll automatically get Tim's episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, keep it simple.